want to give a message, uh, Mark chapter 2. Kids, it's my fault. It's my fault. I asked the kids to stay up here. You bring me so much encouragement. But don't, listen, I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to let you down. Just hang in there. If they want to come up front, you guys want to come up front? The backsliders stay in the back. My wife's back there. (laughs) Amen. All right, Mark chapter 2. Next week, next week, there's kids class. Mark chapter 2. If you would, stand with me. Mark chapter 2. I want to read a few verses. Mark chapter 2. Verse 1, the Bible says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And he pre- imagine hearing the Lord Jesus Christ preaching. You ever hear the best message you ever heard? That makes sense. Imagine hearing Jesus preaching. Wow. Wow. Sometimes you read the Word of God and the Bible says, and he taught them. Here, Christ pulled up a pulpit. He had somebody carry a pulpit with him. And he was preaching. He was preaching away. Preaching. Imagine hearing him preach. Let's pray. Lord, I pray. Oh, God, I pray. Oh, God, I pray. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If my people. Lord, we are your people. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And I pray, O God, that you would, Lord, remind us that we were saved. That you took us out of Egypt with a mighty outstretched hand, Lord, by your blood, washed thoroughly as far as the east is from the west. So far, Lord, you have removed our sins from us. And will forever, Lord, remember them no more. That's true forgiveness. Oh God, to forgive and forget. And I pray, oh God, that you'll help us as your people. Remind us, Lord. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Lord, and it's just reasonable to do that because of the high price, Lord, that you put on us. We're not worth it, but that's the price tag we hold, bought by the blood of Christ. Lord, help us to show that price tag. Help us, Lord, to live, Lord, that price tag out, Father, and to show that you're worth, Lord, you're worth, Lord, as the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray, oh God, you'll bless your people. Lord, bless this message. Touch hearts. We need you. And you, Lord, 
are worthy to be praised and talked about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Which house was that? If you read chapter 1, most likely this was Peter's house, Andrew and Peter's house. And if you read chapter 1, uh, all these people were coming into Simon's house. I mean, these people, were, the Bible says, were diseased. I don't know what type of diseases that means, but diseases are they're scary. Usually you think of somebody diseased, it means it's, they're diseased, right? And these people had diseases in chapter 1. And the Bible says there was lame. And the Bible says that there was those that were possessed with devils. And they all came to Peter's house. And they lined up outside the door. Now Peter had just gotten saved. Imagine uh, all these people that are like that in your home. Peter was married. Imagine Peter's wife, what she thought about that. The diseased people sitting on her new furniture. Can you imagine that? That doesn't go very well. But guess what? It happened. And Peter's wife had one option. To have everybody gone from her house. You know, wherever the Lord Jesus Christ is, it attracts people. Whenever there are people who are sick, you have a hospital in town. You're willing to travel the miles when your son is sick. When you know they may be on their deathbed. When there's no hope, you're willing to travel. There's people who get cancer and will travel to other countries that, that they may have a different way to heal that cancer. A man will give everything he hath for his soul, the Bible says. And when there is the healer, the great physician around, the people come that are sick. The ones that know that they are sick. The ones that know they need a physician. They find Jesus wherever he's at. And Peter's wife had the option. She could have had everybody removed that was diseased. She could have had everyone removed that was no longer devil-possessed. Amen? No longer diseased. They were waiting, though, to be healed. But she could have had them all gone. She only had to remove just one person. And all of them would have left. And sure, we don't like to see the diseased around us. And sure, we don't, certainly don't want any devil-possessed people around us. But with, com with Christ comes them people. And she could have had that one person removed to have everybody else gone. No more knocking at the door. What we forfeit in life because we don't want in our life. We just have to get rid of that one person. And that's Jesus Christ. But with Him in His presence comes all the sick. Comes all the ones that are hurting. Comes all the people that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And when He comes in your home, there's people that are hurting going to be knocking at your door. There's people that God's going to use you for your life to touch. And you don't have to have that happen if you just get rid of that one person out of your life. You could try to quench him. You could try to not advertise him. Oh, no. Sometimes people will find out, but you'll hide it because you don't want to be bothered with your life. You're, you don't want your life to be inconvenienced. 
I don't want to mess up my house. I don't want the diseased people sitting on my couch. I have my home and this is where I'm at. And I deserve to have a place of safety and a place of refuge. This coronavirus out here, people try to hide and, and stay in their home for safety. Let me tell you something. There's no mask that keep you safe. But the full armor of God that will keep you safe. Because there's a lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's the true attacker out there. And that's the one we need to be focused on. And that's the one we need to be worried about. And this uh, world is going further and faster to hell than it's ever gone before. We need the armor of God, the full armor of God. Not partial, not half, but full. Put ye on, therefore, the full armor of God that ye may be able to withstand. And having done all to stand, ye still stand. And having done all to stand, ye still stand. Having your loins girt about. The Bible says Jesus preached the word unto them. Imagine Jesus preaching. I can't imagine that. You know, the man of God has to be filled with the Spirit of God. Therefore, he can't be filled with his own spirit. He has to be filled with the Spirit of God so that he can point people to Christ. That is the whole objective. And the whole entire Word of God, Genesis and Revelation, King James Bible, the whole entire Word of God points to Christ. From the law to the prophets until John the Baptist. And that summed everything up to John the Baptist. And then all John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The whole law and prophets was wrapped up into Behold the Lamb of God. That's it. End of story. And now the entire New Testament, from the giving of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and all the Holy Spirit's work is, is to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is all. And that is everything. We need Jesus Christ. But imagine him preaching today. All he has to do is say, I say, you know what, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, all he has to say is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I say Jesus is the beginning and the end. All Jesus has to say is, I am the beginning and the end. Amen? He can just cut right to the chase and declare himself. What a beautiful thing that must have been. But one day we will hear him preach. Amen. We shall see him as he is. And we will see him face to face. Let's look in uh, verse 3. And the Bible says, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. This, this man, he was sick of the palsy. Born of four. He had siblings, three siblings. And the Bible says, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So these, uh, these guys were carrying this one on the sick of the palsy on his bed. I don't know how many guys there were. I don't know how many people. There could have been the ladies. I don't know. The, how many people there were, but they're carrying this man that was sick of the palsy. He was all crippled up in his bed. And they see all the people lined outside the house. I believe it was Peter's house. The house. 
and they couldn't get through. So you know what they did? Now, if you ever try to climb over stuff with carrying a person, I, I bet you that man probably rolled out a couple times and they had to pick him back up. I bet you he probably fell out of the bed on his face. And, but he just said, listen, you just keep on going. We got to get there. We got to get there. He is in there. He's in there. And they said, okay, we're going to keep on going. So they, they, they climbed the outside of the house onto the roof. And the Bible says they broke up the roof. They uncovered it. And when they have broken it up, now, this roof was a strong roof to be able to sustain everybody. Waterproof. I don't know what type of roof they had back then with a rubber roof or metal roof or whatever roof uh, they had, but it was a roof. It kept water out. It's strong, could sustain uh, some weight and all. The Bible says they uncovered it. I don't know who these men were. You know, but I can probably guess. I bet you one of them that was carrying that bed, you had one that was sick of the palsy. He was all crippled up in that bed. One was probably one of those devil-possessed men that Jesus had healed. And this was in chapter 1. The Bible says one of the uh, ones that Jesus healed, the Bible says that the devils came out, and when they came out, they, were, they tore some of his skin coming out, tore him up, tore him up, totally devil-possessed. Maybe it was him. But he got so excited when he got saved and to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, he was willing to go get somebody else and bring him to Christ. And the Bible says he picked up that bed and he went to try to go take him to Christ. I bet you another guy, I bet you another guy was probably the one with a, maybe a withered arm. And Jesus healed him. He got saved. And the Bible says his arms grew back with some strength. And he was probably carrying that bed on the one side. He probably had some big old muscle arms. And he's showing everybody what the Lord did for him. You know what the Lord does for you on the inside? It starts working its way on the outside. Enough to uh, excitement to bring into your life that you're willing to take others to Christ. And you don't have to. But there's only one person you have to remove out of your life. If you don't want people knocking on your door, if you don't want to pass by somebody that you were once healed and you don't want to feel the guilt uh, to bring them to Christ or tell them about the Christ, there's only one person you had to take out of your life. You don't have to deal with them ever again. You just got to remove the one person. You don't have to worry about getting everybody out of your house. You don't have to worry again about the, the lame and the crippled and the demon-possessed people and the diseased people. Forget about all of them. Just focus on the one person that brought them all to you. It's your choice today. It's your choice. It's my choice. And you choose this day whom ye will serve. They broke up that roof. The Bible says they first uncovered it, and then they broke it up. I can see that man sick on a palsy. Just keep on going. Keep on going. But there's a roof. Keep on going. Break it up. Get, the, get the, uh, the withered hand man. Get him in there. He's got the muscles now. Now, withered hand man, grab that. Grab it and rip that roof up. Get the, get, the, uh, get the blind man in there. Get him. Get him in there. He was now can see. He's like, I got it. Started ripping up the, the joists and, the, and, and everything else that was structurally in there. Started ripping and breaking it up until they seen Jesus inside. You got, if this was Peter's house, I'm not sure. You got Peter's wife inside. She's got diseased people all over her new couches. 
She's got the lame people in the corner. She's got the blind people in the kitchen trying to find a way in her cupboards. And then she's got people on the roof tearing a hole through her roof, letting it all down. And she had the option to have everybody get out and everybody leave her alone if she would just ask one person to leave. Just one person. That's all she had to focus on. And all her worries that she was worrying about would all go away if just one person would leave her house. Just one person. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. We don't look at crippled people as sinners. We feel bad for them. But that's the first thing Jesus did was dealt with his sin. We see a young man in a wheelchair, crippled at birth, and we assume he's just going to heaven because we feel bad for him. It's the first thing Jesus dealt with. Why? Because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not one person born on this earth, crippled, blind, halt, deformed, but all have gone out of the way because all have sinned. But there's a Savior that loves them just the same and had died for them just the same. The Bible says, in verse 5, when they saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, unstoppable faith, we let a lot of things stop our faith. I can't go to church, I'm tired. I can't, I can't go to church, I got work. I can't go to church, I got this. I can't, listen, these men that brought this man of the palsy to Christ did not stop. They seen the crowd. They didn't stop. They seen the walls to get up on that roof. They didn't stop. Then they seen the roof that Jesus was in. And they tore it up and did whatever was possible to get to Christ. Don't you understand? That's some faith. We all say, I got faith. I'm going to keep the faith. You don't got no faith. For if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain over here, be ye removed. While we're crying to God out because we got a little bump in the road. But a Christian has some faith that doesn't stop over a little hiccup in their life. A little inconvenience shows Christ that you want him and you got the faith. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, they got him, all right. They got him in. The Lord dealt with this man according to what he needed. The publicans were there. The sinners were there. The diseased were there. Scribes and Pharisees were also there watching. They're always there. Don't be one. I'd rather be a disease than a Pharisee, amen? I'd rather be someone that Christ healed than be one of those who always thought they were okay. The Bible says in verse 17, When Jesus heard, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 
Know that we're all sinners. Know that we need the Savior. And don't stop till you get in the house until you're sitting at the feet of Christ. Until it's your turn to be healed. They didn't stop. You know, they could have stopped. They said, you know what, maybe next time. You know, in in chapter 1, Peter's wife could have got them all out by just getting one person out of her house. One person. And we don't want to be bothered in life. And we don't want to reach others. But I'll tell you this, as soon as one of the men got healed, they went out and got somebody else to Christ. That's why the house was packed out. And Peter's wife had to say, it's okay. Lord, come in. I know who's coming with you. I know who's coming with you. I know what my life is going to be like if I serve you, if I allow you into my house. I know what this entails. I know it's a full submission and a full sacrifice, but I'm willing to let you in. Come on in. Jesus came into the house, and so did everybody else. But you know what? Those people didn't leave the way they came in. The disease that were sitting on the couch... They didn't leave diseased. They were made whole. The blind that came in that way, that ate all the food in their cupboards. They didn't leave blind. No. They left sin. And each one by one, thank you, Mrs. Peter. Thank you for letting us come in. Thank you. Thank you. One by one, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing the Lord to use you. Thank you for allowing Christ in your life. And it gave us a place to come to. You know, God wants to use you today. And you could kick one out. You could say, you're not coming in because I know what this entails. Or you could let them in. And I mean in service. Allowing Christ to use your life. And you know what I mean. You know what it entails. You know it's giving up. You know it's sacrificing what you have. Or you can just kick the one person out of your life and it'll all go away. But I'll tell you what, this man up here, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I know that a home without the Lord in it is just a house. And it'll never be a home. Never. Never. Just a house. But with the presence of God, small little shack, he'll make a beautiful home. And anything Christ comes into, he heals and restores. And there's no life worth living. And there's no life worth without Christ. Christian, would you allow Christ to come into your home today? Wives, would you give Christ your home? People, would you allow Christ to come into your home so he can use your life, so others can see the Lord Jesus Christ through you? As you were once saved, imagine that man of the palsy getting up and walking by somebody that was crippled. Right after he got saved, Say, man, that's a shame. Here's a dollar, buddy. 
here's some, a dollar to go buy some food. I feel bad for you. What does that do for him? Nothing. But to take him and bring him to Christ so that he could be healed also, so that he can get saved, will give him eternal life. What kind of person would you think that man of the palsy would be if he got healed? And then right after he got healed, he walked up and he just didn't care about other people that were crippled. You would say, that's a terrible man. What kind of Christian is it that gets saved, that's going to heaven, and he, they walk past people, they don't even care about their own family going to hell? What kind of Christian is that? What kind of heart do you have? No tenderness that people are going to hell and you're going to heaven. Bye-bye. One day you might see your own son being cast in a lake of fire who you thought was saved. One day you might see somebody you truly loved that thought was saved being cast in a lake of fire because your life doesn't invite Christ because where Christ is comes everybody else. Listen, let your life invite everybody in to be healed. And you could tell them the gospel. Show them what Christ did for you on the cross. Tell them you got saved. And let your life be a lighthouse for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, I pray. Oh God, I pray. Please, oh God. Please, oh God, I pray. Lord, I pray. Lord, they broke up that roof to get to you. And Lord, we don't even let you in the front door. Lord, we know what it entails. It may be giving up a job. Lord, the sacrifice that we have to, it may be giving up stuff in our life from smoking and, and everything, all the vileness of the world that just hurts us. We know what we have to do. Oh, God, I pray, though, come in, come into our house, clean us up, and use us. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart, I want to have a quick invitation. If you would come and say, I don't want Jesus to be out of my house. I want him in. And whatever it takes and whoever comes, whoever Christ brings with him, the diseased, the lame, they can sit on my couches. God can use what I treasure in my heart. Let God take it. I'll pick up for, for church in my new car. God, take it. God, take what I have and use for your honor and glory. You only have to get one person out of your life if you don't want it, though. You don't want to be used by God. You don't want God to use you. There's only one person you got to get out. And if you ask him to leave, he will leave. I know you're still saved. But his presence is gone. That light is hid under a bushel. And there you sit all alone. 
But oh, how glorious it is to be in the presence of the Savior, to have him actually in your house, hearing him preach to your heart. Trusting ever till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river in the cross in the cross be Just beyond the river. Amen.